Hello and welcome to the Boss Babe Diaries. My name is Lois Banks. You might know me as Lois Banks Fitness on Instagram. Now today I am joined by the wonderful Naida Allen. She is one of the faces behind the Insta account Confidently Anxious. She is raising awareness for mental health, sharing the highs and the lows through her own experiences and just a real, just a real approach, which is what I absolutely love about Naida. She is so real, so authentic, just one of the most loveliest people you will know. So here she is. Oh, that's such a nice intro. I don't know how I could top that. <laughs> well, honestly, from the first day that me and you met in the gym, I just, I was like, this girl, she's got some good energy about her. She <laughs> is on a mission to help other people. Oh, I super resonated with you as well. I think I remember you had just finished a CrossFit session and I looked over at you and I was probably like, looking very moody because I just done deadlifts or something and I looked over at you like sweating and you were like oh I just need to just need to sit for a bit and I was like me mood every day <laughs> <laughs> every single fucking day <laughs> literally um but yeah I'm honored to have you here today and oh, thanks um, for having me well welcome back so basically guys for context last week we recorded this podcast <laughs> It was a great podcast. We got super vulnerable. We had a real good chat and the file was corrupted. <laughs> so here we are again, re-recording. We're back for round two and we hope that you love this episode. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to get stuck into this. I know. I feel like it's a round two opportunity to get it absolutely right. My perfectionism is like clapping <laughs> this is the thing I think but mo both me and you came away from last week's podcast like we could have done better and that is so funny because of the whole of the bloody podcast we were talking about you know what we'll go into today imposter mm. syndrome not feeling yeah. like you're doing enough perfectionism yeah. and at the end of it we're like yeah I felt like we could have done better <laughs> I was actually like, I should have had notes. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Well, this is the thing. I'm trying to do this thing now. So when I first started my podcast, I would have my little notes up and I'm not mm. even joking. I would have like three pages worth of notes. Yeah. Because I wanted it to be perfect. Yeah, literally. And I was super nervous about getting started. But now I'm like, low, just go with the flow. Just say what you got to say, word vomit out. See, there you go. Yeah, word you go. vomit it out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, just go for it. And that's what I'm really trying to do. And also, I had a conversation with somebody last week who was like, stop trying to be perfect. Mm. Just go and get yourself out there and say what you got to say and do what you got to do literally and at the end of the day like you're super charismatic you have a very amazing soulful lovely energy and you just got to be yourself on the podcast because you're just having a conversation like that's all it is and it doesn't need to be anything like groundbreaking um because that ends up becoming almost a bit too preachy sometimes so mm -hmm. you know like go in with it as you say logos with the flow which is oh, tagline logos with the flow yeah oi, oi. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is the new tagline. Logos yeah. with the flow. I think so. Yes. Change it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things that me and you had a conversation about in the gym that res I think where we both kind of like clicked and we were like, yeah, we're actually quite similar in yes. terms of the way that we we do things, is that we both have quite a perfectionist mindset when mm. it comes to our work and when it comes to our content because we're both mm. creatives mm. I love getting creative I love getting content out there but I feel like personally for me I like things to be so perfect that it takes me 10 times mm. the time that it should do mm. to get things out yeah it's long <laughs> it's the only way I can describe it it's long <laughs> you'll do something and then you'll think oh I could have done that better or um maybe I'll just edit the caption or mm, I've just seen a typo in that carousel post and you're like oh do I delete it and repost and then risk like not getting the same amount of engagement on it I don't know um and it's like you'll never 
content something that's really huge right now is personal branding I don't know like if you've come across it on the Instagram side but LinkedIn is massive for it like people literally message me asking whether I'll ghostwrite for them and they'll pay me like x amount of money to be them and like write about stuff that they're interested in and basically build a brand around that person and then hope that they'll find clients for whatever like their um, role is let's say it's like I don't know, sales manager, whatever. And I'm like, that is so rogue. Like imagine just pretending to be someone else so that they can get the business, but it's actually not them speaking. Weird. <laughs> I've never heard of that term before. Was it ghost rights? Yeah, you, like you can yeah, you can ghost write. Um, so no one actually knows who is writing it. So say for example, I go on as Lois on LinkedIn and I'm actually we have like an interview or something and I talk to you and I understand how you talk how you write I like analyze things I have a conversation with you about something random like um uh, nutrition and coaching and then we speak about it I then write on your behalf a post under your name so all is in, under your account and then and then I'll be like oh just send me a selfie like of you eating something like protein porridge and I'll post it on LinkedIn and that is like a whole thing it's like a whole personal branding thing I mean, wow it, yeah I didn't <laughs> even know that existed yeah welcome <laughs> wow there there we fucking go guys go straight how much would one charge for a post like that um I think there's like a monthly retainer so it's not something that I think I'll go into just because I think I feel like there's just so many ways it could go wrong and my brain just doesn't like anxious brain goes no 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 um but when I had got someone's advice on it because I was intrigued they were like yeah you could easily charge like a grand a month and I was like that's for one person so imagine you're doing that for like 10 people I was like Christ. a grand a month I know literally geez like, that is actually mental yeah, my brain doesn't compute that level of money, which is something that's interesting to me now, because where I've gone freelance, I want to be able to charge more. But I have this weird imposter syndrome where I'm like, do you deserve that money? And I don't know whether it's just like being a woman as well in this industry, not to bring it back to gender, but it kind of does involve gender is like, do I deserve that? And it's so weird. I just There's no roots to that problem. Probably a lot of therapy but <laughs> it's it's quite hard. Is imposter syndrome something that you struggle with quite a bit? Yeah, I would say so. What about you? Yeah, massively. <laughs> We're both nodding at each other. Yes. For the purposes yes. of the audience listening, we are literally <laughs> nodding aggressively. <laughs> it is a constant battle between mm. reminding myself that I have worked so hard for the business that is in front of me today and I am a grafter Mm. I put in so much time and energy into my business Mm. and I put in so much time and energy into my clients Mm. but it never feels like enough yeah exactly that word enough is so hard because if you're coming from like for me nine to five background where like an eight hour working day was like the sufficient marker of how much work you've done and how productive and you were and then go transitioning to freelance where like there aren't really any rules you can do as much work as you like but still feeling like you haven't done enough or like you're not worthy or like you need to do more because there's not really an off button it can be like quite off-putting and you do have to get your head around coming out of that narrative and being aware that like one of my really close friends said to me once treat your work as your side hustle and your life as your main job and that just changed the game for me because I was like it's so true we spend so much time working and it, and although that can be someone's in main source of enjoyment if it's causing you a lot of stress and you want to find balance then yeah just treat the work as something that is like a hobby and then your life is the main sort of thing that you should be investing time into I love to work and I've always loved to work there's something addictive about feeling productive oh yeah yeah it's the dopamine rush like you're constantly rewarding yourself you're completing tasks and you're getting hit every time with a happy chemical that makes you want to do it again and again and that's probably why you're like 
super successful at the moment because you're doing so much work you're putting in that effort and you love it so you've got this like triple whammy going on right now it's like triple threat you have triple threat (laughs) (laughs) well I don't know if you find that you're like this as well but sometimes I really struggle with so I'll have an idea I can get lost in my thoughts and sometimes put off starting the idea because I want everything to be perfect Mm. when in reality you've just got to get started yeah and actually acknowledge that nine times out of ten when when you've initially start something when you're building something it's not going to be perfect there are going to be building blocks that you need to stack up yeah it's true it is that and it's like the the putting it off then makes it worse because then that idea just never gets started and it's like you just have to rip off the band-aid and do it and learn and grow um and then that comes with like the imposter syndrome part like the reason why you have those thoughts of self-doubt is because it actually means you're ready to like take the next step and obviously it is anxiety provoking but if you like reframe it in your head this is what I have to do for myself not trying to be preachy but if you reframe it in your head and you're like okay why am I feeling like this isn't good enough or why am I feeling like I need a degree and a qualification in this specific industry to prove that I'm worthy of x amount of money or a new client or however like whatever metric you're kind of using um why do I need that and what would help me overcome that and if it is a case of like you just need to read a book about the topic or you just need to put out a piece of content and see how it flies and you just trial and error and learn what works and what doesn't that's you building like you said earlier building those blocks you're you're kind of like you're creating the starting point and the foundations of that tower so you can start looking down at people and going ha 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 <laughs> I do. Um, but it is it is like it's a mental um process as opposed to like a physical one and it's always kind of triggered by these like annoying feelings of self-doubt which I'm assuming is the same for you <laughs> yeah and something that I'm always telling my clients is focus on the step in front of you and not the mm. whole staircase but mm. some, sometimes I, I forget that myself yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like Lois just take a fucking chill pill and just um get started one task at a time you know mm. um but yeah I mean it can be overwhelming when you're starting something new or you're starting something out of your comfort zone. And maybe mm. those thoughts of self-doubt do start to flood in. But mm. I think in those moments, you have to just pause, mm. take a deep breath, write out a roadmap and write out those little tasks, those little day-to-day things that you're going to do to chip mm. away and eventually you know help you to to Mm. where you want to be there needs to be the roadmap there needs to be the plan that takes away that little bit of I guess anxiety overwhelm frustration because if you do just focus solely on the goal it can just become super overwhelming it's true I completely completely agree with that like nothing is an overnight success and I think as like with social media now everything looks so easy I don't I'm not that's not just to like attack social media like obviously it does have its benefits but it is just a case of everyone just seems so unhappy and unfulfilled because they're not doing what they're doing or they're trying something they're spending like a week on it and going well I didn't I didn't get the big booty like they would say um I didn't I didn't get the a star that I wanted to and it's and you really have to reevaluate and look at what you're doing to achieve said steps and how you can achieve them not in a week not in a month but longevity like where do you want to be this time in six months where do you want to be this time next year and also factor in like what drives you because I think we are both very very driven people where we've probably been told by various people or not told enough not given enough praise that we should to like kind of give us that motivation so we're self-driven people I'm not relying on someone to like clap me or like or tap me on the back to be like well done because people are too kind of self-obsessed with what's going on with themselves and you can't wait for that validation from other people um so 
you, like, I mean, yeah, let's draw that question. What drives you, Lois? Ooh, question. Ooh. <laughs> Throw it back. <laughs> Throw it back. What drives me? Are we going to get deep? Are we going to get deep today? We're going to do it. Let's get vulnerable. <laughs> Cute issues. <laughs> okay. I, growing up, never really felt good enough, smart enough, popular, um, liked. You know, I just never really felt enough growing up. And I think for me, every time I push myself out of my comfort zone, every time that I challenge myself to take on something, every time I push myself in my business, that is me proving to myself that I can do anything that I put my mind to Mm. and I'm almost addicted to achieving Mm. I think I'm I'm addicted to achieving but then it's like nothing I ever do I'm satisfied with Mm. there's always something you can do yeah it's kind of a bit of a um oh it's a bit of I'm stuck between a bit of a rock and a hard place (laughs) (laughs) because I'm constantly having these conversations with myself in my head Lois like you are fucking smashing it you have done so much in your life so far you have built an incredible business which is continuing to grow and grow and grow and I've actually got so much more planned with my business and I can vision the growth And I know it's going to happen and I know it will because everything that I've done in my life, every challenge that I've faced has been because I have overcome those obstacles Mm. and I have put in the work. Mm -hmm. So I know that I am capable of it. But when I reach those destinations, it's never enough. Mm. It is Mm. never enough. And I'm always wanting to do more or do better and like I said it's just a constant having that conversation of give yourself some fucking credit and Mm -hmm. oh preach yeah (laughs) but also I like to challenge myself I like to push myself I thrive off of that yeah so it's a blessing but it's a curse because Mm -hmm. I am a driven individual But that drive sometimes can consume me. It can Mm. become too much. And like I said, as a result, sometimes it results in in procrastination Mm. or it results in that overwhelm. Mm. And if we're going really, really deep here, um, I have two amazing parents who have been so supportive my whole life but I think there was a bit of an emotional disconnect with Mm. my dad so my dad doesn't really know how to express his emotions he's never really been one to up until recently I mean, the last couple of years, um, a lot, quite a lot has changed for him. Um, but if we're talking, you know, my teen years and in my younger, uh, my days as a younger woman, there was never that I'm proud of you mm. or I love you or you're doing a great job. And it was never because it was never a mal- in, in a malicious way. It was mm. because I don't think my dad really knew how to communicate mm. that with me because he never had that from his parents yeah so growing up I never really felt good enough Mm. never really felt anything that I I did was enough Mm. um and then on top of that having one of your caregivers never really give you that validation that actually you're doing an amazing job and you know Mm. I'm proud of you I guess that is one of the reasons why I am so driven because I lacked that validation from Mm. my dad when I was younger so it always pushed me to try and do more to do better so I think that is one of the things that made me so driven 
And also he is a very driven individual. Both my parents are very driven. My dad has his own business. He is very driven. He does not stop Mm. and has this very rock solid mindset and he is he's very unstoppable he is mm. you know when he gets an idea he's like right okay let's go yeah. yeah and that's super understandable because if you've got someone who themselves is very driven like obviously you're going to want to copy that if you're looking for their affection their attention and you're obviously wants to do more to grab that you're gonna it's gonna filter into how you grow up and it's only natural to want someone to appreciate and validate like and if you haven't also had that example of I'm proud of you and that's not like in your vocabulary as a child then you can't really expect to just one day wake up and be proud of yourself if that's not something that you're um in tune with um which makes like a lot of sense psychologically and the fact that you haven't let that deter you and you've actually used it as something that can empower you is a power play that's really good like it's impressive because a lot of people might not have had the sort of same outlook um I feel like I'm similar in some ways to you but um I did get a lot of emotional support from my mum and dad but my mum was also very strict like European mum very strong background ethics like education was super important like for me university was always on the cards like it was never really my decision and even now we kind of have arguments over it because I sometimes think oh uni was such a waste why did I go I'm not even using my degree 45k down the drain lol um but <laughs> like at the same time I wouldn't take it back and but I do sometimes think she was a bigger influence because she had a degree and she was always very like she very like mathematical and scientific and I was a bit more of the creative and then my dad was he was different but I think I don't know if it's a dad thing but even emotionally with him like it we, we don't really like talk about deep stuff that much like even when I'd go in for a hug I kind of get this like weird shoulder tap I don't know <laughs> I get exactly well I get exactly the same yeah <laughs> just like go for a hug and he's like there there I was like you may as well have a toilet brush (laughs) (laughs) just give me a little pat on the back (laughs) so yeah being driven about um those sort of things and like why you want to do better is like it's it's part of your psyche and obviously you can't blame anyone but as you said like it's those things have shaped who you are today um like you know bullies you know it's a middle finger up to them because everyone who ever tried to wrong you everyone who tried to believe or like try and make you believe that you weren't good enough is just pissing their pants now because <laughs> look, look at look at where like you are look at where we are now like I mean if you think about like little Lois or like little Nads like how would they have even believe what they're seeing about us like looking at us now in our our mid-20s smashing life (laughs) I don't know Mm. could you imagine I get people from school that used to bully me message me for advice (laughs) now and I'm quite happy to give out the advice you know Mm. you know school was a long long time ago but and I'm not gonna be salty but it's kind Mm -hmm. of one of them ones where it's like that almost like you have that little satisfaction yeah like now you're coming you're coming to me for advice now you <laughs> want to know how to do x y and z well actually mm. funny enough right so uh, this is a couple of years back now I was in a club and there was this guy who was known as like the most popular guy in school throughout year mm. must be like year 10 11 like mm. 12 like he was like really really popular I always used to fancy him and he would only obviously he would only get with like the popular girls and whatever oh, and clicky I know <laughs> and I bumped into him at a club a Ooh. couple of years back and um he actually yeah he used to be one of the the guys that used to bully me a little bit it was it was mm. the name calling and oh you're a, you're a neek uh those, oh, classic those kind of classic ones as if that's actually like 
a bad thing that's what makes me laugh now it's like mm-hmm. it's actually good to be smart okay I will wear I my glasses and you can call me a four eyes as much as you want <laughs> but I'm an intelligent <laughs> badass bitch bye <laughs> <laughs> and um I saw him in a club and he was he came over to me and he was like oh you're well fit now <laughs> oh and my I as cringed. I absolutely cringed I was like oh thanks mate yeah sweet and uh I just kind of hurried off to go and see my friend and when I walked through the club later that night he did the classic I was walking through and he like, tried to grab my hand and I was walking past Ooh. and I just did one of them like little like shake offs I'm like <laughs> get off me <laughs> <laughs> you can't touch this <laughs> I'm an eek remember but I was like oh how the tables have turns how the yeah. tables have turned it is exactly that like people who just in like thrived off of just other someone else's misery and now they're just like I mean success is subjective so it doesn't really matter what their role is or what they're doing but it is really funny how you grow up and school isn't like the be all and end all and you move out of that mm-hmm. and you start the rest of your life and you look back and you think that was just such unnecessary behavior and I just think people this goes to anyone who's ever been bullied or is currently being bullied like hurt people hurt people so facts like they are just not the kind of people that you want in your life they're not anybody that you should take any advice from or any role model behavior because all they're trying to do is wear people down because they're upset with their own lives essentially which is sad um and obviously all the love to them no salty behavior but at the same time if you want to surround yourself with positive energy, you ignore and you just don't like involve yourself in that. It's just not something that it's just bad vibes. And even and then also red flag from this guy. Oh, you're well fit now. Sorry. Like, who are you? Who are I'm you? Like, yeah, no, that? I'm out of your league. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Bye. See you later. I just think like, oh, going back to it slightly though, on um the procrastination side and like perfectionism how do you think that like affects your relationships with people like platonically and romantically because I find personally that I have like quite high standards it could also be a Virgo thing but like part of me just wonders whether I'll ever be like content because I'm always like chasing something that I feel like I can't have or something that almost doesn't like exist because I'll like nitpick at certain things and I feel like if I'm not a good friend that that person won't like me um like in a platonic way and even with romantic relationships I struggle with finding someone that matches my energy and my drive because if someone that doesn't support me then bye (laughs) like I resonate with that massively I'm getting to this time I'm getting to this point in my life now where I'm like if you have shit energy um this is not gonna this isn't gonna work and that's not don't want that to sound dicky but I guess as I'm getting older I just don't have time for (laughs) shit energy I don't have time for people that are going to drag me down or Mm. make me feel shit about Mm. myself um and this look this is it right not every single person that you meet is gonna have drive not every single person that you meet is gonna have ambition doesn't mean that they're any less of a person than Mm. you it just means that you're not aligned and you've got different I guess goals for life Mm. and that's okay but you do have a um a choice in who you associate yourself with and if Mm. you're sitting there complaining about your friend group or your partner who is not aligned with what you want in life the only real person to blame is yourself because you're still associating yourself with that energy and Mm. those people yeah it's true like being adult like when we were younger a lot of relationships were probably out of convenience like if you think Mm -hmm. back to school and stuff and there are a few people that I still speak with who I've known for like years and I would never like and our relationship stayed constant and I would never want to change them because they are who they who they are and they appreciate me for who I am and there have been some times in my life where even I wouldn't have wanted to be my own friend uh because <laughs> drama but also they stuck with me through that and people who didn't I was like Do you know what fair play if you felt the need to cut 
the umbilical cord there because I wasn't in a great position especially like over the last sort of two years like it it was rough but we've got out the other side so we can just laugh about it now but when it goes to people that you meet now and who you have and who you surround yourself with and you don't have to stay friends with that person like when I was younger I was actually quite obsessed with being popular and that translated into me being a very big people pleaser also probably because my mom was like be nice to everyone well well I was and now look where we are I'm too nice and I, I kind of let people walk over me and that was the same for friendships as well as the same for relationships like I'd meet guys who I knew were definitely not the right person and I was like hmm I quite like this hot and cold behavior narrator she did not like the hot and cold behavior <laughs> I was like so now it's like looking back on it yeah being quite obsessive popular being that people pleaser and now just being very content with like three or four friends that I can 100% rely on is all I really need like that gives me satisfaction I don't want the big group anymore actually as an introvert I find that very overwhelming and I don't know what enticed me towards that um and also just being yourself is like super important in that. Like you don't, if you find that you're changing yourself around people, which I've spotted myself doing a few times, I rein it in. I'm like, why am I, why do I feel the need to change? What is it about my personality that I don't think that person's going to like? Because if I start this train now, I'm going to have an identity crisis and end up on split. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. If you know, you're associating yourself with somebody who um, isn't adding value to your life and is adding more grief. Sometimes you just kind of have to reevaluate. You'd be like, okay, well, I need, maybe I need some boundaries in place. You know, it doesn't mean mm. I have to, you have to be like, oh, I'm going to block and delete you out of my <laughs> life. Like, you're gone, mate. <laughs> giving you the axe. Yeah. But sometimes you need to put those boundaries in place to protect yourself. Definitely. Like, think last year was it last year the years have kind of blended into one but I think it was last year I had I went through my first ever proper friendship breakup where we were so close like we went traveling together knew her from uni thought we'd be like ride or die people she lived locally and I don't have a lot of like local friends because where I lived like I wasn't in catchment area for a lot of schools so I'd have to travel like at least 20 minutes to get somewhere so she was very local and then like over lockdown I just think yeah our values changed we were becoming different people and we were driving each other like sort of further apart and we were building this like resentment and I found that we were both going through a hard time and then you know misery loves company so I'd leave and I think we would both feel very deflated so now I'm very conscious of who I'm with and how I feel after a conversation like if I feel very energized I'm like okay that was good we're buzzy we're happy if I feel very like, oh God, I feel like really tired and like deflated, then I know that, and if that's every encounter, I'm not saying like the one-off where, where your friend is going through some shit and you're mm -hmm. like, oh God, how depressing. No, I'm not talking about that. I mean, like if it's constant, like, like if you're gossiping about people, for example, I just CBA with that now, I will tap mm -hmm. out mentally. And that was like a huge part of conversation and it was a shame to lose her. And it was actually like, it was really hard because obviously we couldn't see each other. So we were over the phone, basically ending things. And I was like, this is very emotional. And for ages, I was like, oh my gosh, is it me? Have I done something wrong? I mean, I'm not saying it was anyone's fault. There were probably aspects of me that I needed to work on and I did. And I pinpointed that and I used it as an opportunity to say I was not perfect. And I'm going to grow and learn from that so that I don't replicate those mistakes. And it's definitely helped me like become who I am today. It doesn't mean it wasn't super sad and obviously still miss her, but you know, you never know. Sometimes like a nice quote is some friends will join you on the whole drain journey. Some might get off at earlier stops, might join, some others might join you at later stops. And I just feel like that is how a lot of friendships are and although they can be so so sad to lose particular friends just respect it for what you had at the time and what you could find because there's like billions of people on this planet and you know losing one good friend isn't the end of the world so yeah it was super sad though <laughs>
that is super sad but like you said you know sometimes you just need to go your own separate ways and you've you know obviously you enjoyed a lot of time together and you can reminisce Mm. on those memories but if it's not serving you anymore if you can't kind of reconcile it there's no point Mm. trying to you know continue if it's if it's not working for both of you and I think that's you know just sometimes the way that things Mm. go isn't it really so Mm. what did you come to realize that you needed to work on as a as an individual what is it that you needed to kind of um change what from that friendship in general or just like kind of going through life (laughs) going through life yeah um what I've noticed about myself is I've got a lot better at the perfectionism thing like it still does bug me like if I see a typo in something and I've submitted the work I get very scared I get very like oh my gosh I catastrophize and like what if the client fires me like what if someone calls me out on Instagram like you know it does it it is quite like debilitating that part of it like the anxiety side but I've now learned to manage it a bit more where I look at it at more face value so especially when it comes to time like I feel like time perfectionism really nicely go hand in hand if I have time to do something I am twitchy I'm literally it looks like I've been given pre-workout because I can't sit still I'm like what can I do with this time oh my god I've got like 50 minutes there's so much time I couldn't even get to a train station five minutes before the train because I thought five minutes is a lot of time I could do a lot I would Usain Bolt it like to St Mary Cray it would take me 12 minutes and I would run I'd get there absolutely sweating um and now I am a lot better at going okay let's say for example let's use the podcast as the example last week a year ago I would have probably cried I would have ranted I would have been like oh my god I can't believe it that was a whole hour now I've got to schedule it again now how am I ever going to get back that time I could have done x and that I could have I could have written 2,000 words blah 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 and it honestly that kind of reaction would have then seeped my energy it would like I would have probably ranted to my sister or something and she would be a bit like "Mm, is there like a positive out of the situation no was there like absolutely not but now I'm like it happened how could I like what am I going to do to change it what is the point of stressing about it why am I going to cry it's that is more of a drain your energy than actually just accepting it for what it is I use the phrase it is what it is a lot because like it you just have to laugh and move on from it and it comes back into perfectionism because you have this plan and when things don't go to plan you get a bit like overwhelmed or you get irritated and you just have to realize that like we're not robots we're not computers shit happens um and I feel like that is something that I've worked a lot on and when it comes to baking as well that's a whole other story but I'm so much more chill and people can actually bake with me before like I turn into Paul Hollywood and it's a good time <laughs> are you quite specific with your cooking are you quite like particular yeah I remember once at uni like shout out to Meg um I literally she was like I'm gonna make a chili now for me a chili is like black beans or kidney beans she goes I'm gonna put chickpeas in it I was like that is not a chili <laughs> that is not yeah it's like incorrect information don't know what you're making but that's not what we're putting in this chili and I physically had to sit there and watch her put chickpeas into a chili and I, and I had to eat it there was like you know poor students I was like well there's nothing else on the menu and we've agreed to have a nice family meal and I was like I just remember sitting there the entire time and it's the perfectionism rising again going but that's not that's not what a chili is. Now I could probably have a chickpea chili. I'm probably I'm probably quite dank, but at the time I was not impressed. Did you just say dank? Yeah. You just said dank. I have not used that word since I was about 14, 15. Dank. <laughs> Bringing it back. I love Throw it. Back. I love it. Throw it back Thursday. Back. Hashtag dank. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that. Um, yeah, I mean, you can have a chickpea chili. I reckon it actually be quite banging. I reckon that would actually be really, really tasty. Um, Do you think with the perfectionist side of things, it's there's an element of being a bit of a control freak? Oh, yeah, massively. Like, I wouldn't say I'm high maintenance, but I'm high maintenance. What about you? (laughs) Like, make me feel better here in this situation. Surely, surely I'm not the only one. (laughs) Uh, Yes, with aspects of my life, I think um 
and trigger warning for anybody listening um when I had my eating disorder I that it was a huge control thing for me with the exercise and with the nutrition and 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 the calorie counting it was a huge huge control thing for Mm. me and I think that I kind of when I beat my disorder channeled that into something in a bit more a positive from bit like building my own business and um I think when you are a self-employed business owner you do have an element of being a control freak because Mm. your business is your baby I also I also struggled with still kind of struggle with an eating disorder but again something that I've worked on over the last sort of two three years um and it is it does come down to control it does come out to like come down to like what you think you're really good at like I was just it sounds so bad but I was just so good at being anorexic and I I know how awful that sounds but it was just the one thing that no one could take away from me I would literally memorize what was it like the calorie content of something then that became more more unhealthy because calories didn't bother me but the nutritional macros did and I would literally I would know exactly how many fats an avocado had and it was just aggressive like it was almost like you could quiz me and I would be an encyclopedia on nutrient information and I'd read labels in the supermarkets it it would probably take me like three times the average person's time to shop because I would just look into everything and it's like I just wanted it to be planned out properly to a T like and yeah that was a struggle to come over again probably like control perfectionism I was like I just continued and like goal setting as well you could easily fall down a rabbit hole because it was like oh I've done x so I can do y next time oh I've just achieved y I'll do z next time and that's kind of how I operate almost now in business but in a very in a much healthier way like I'm in terms of like my relationship with food and exercise I know when something's going wrong um if I'm doing a lot of steps or I feel the need to do cardio I literally take a sit I'm like sit down (laughs) I'm like no (laughs) you do not need to do any of that shit walk away and I'm also really good at not letting other people's dietary decisions affect me anymore you know like when you sit down with someone then someone's like oh, I'm gonna have the naked burrito bowl and I'm like okay I'm gonna have the full burrito bowl with a double wrap and a side of chips thanks <laughs> like, yeah. I'm much better at that but yeah I think that level of control was something that I it was really hard to let go because it kind of also became like my identity a bit and I didn't really know who I would be like without it um and I think for my friends and my family that was really hard to watch so yeah coming out of that is something that I will give myself credit for because honestly there were points where I really wasn't sure if I like not sound bleak I really wasn't sure like if I wanted to sort of carry on because it was very dominating and that's why I'm so vocal about eating disorders and mental health now because people need to know this information and it's something that you shouldn't shy away from and obviously there are so many different causes for people so I'm not going to start labeling but for me it was like probably bullying bad relationships um with specifically like boys um and I say boys because none of them were men nah (laughs) and uh just like wanting to do so well at school like wanted to be that eight that straight A student and all of that did sort of like develop itself into an eating disorder for me everyone is different it could have been that one and also it was that one comment from a stupid PE teacher who was trying to make me feel better but um, I sprained my ankle in PE classic and she picked me up and I was a 12 year old child bear this in mind she goes oh you weigh more than my 25 year old son I was like, why no. the fuck would you say that to me? Oh, triggered. That was it. That was That's just a, awful. the last thing I needed. And I think now it's why I, you should just be so careful with what you say to people. Because one, you just don't know what anyone is going through. So you should never assume. Two, your joke could be taken as something very, very deep. Um, and obviously, yeah, I did 
lose a lot of my childhood from that because that's when my eating disorder developed it's been the last sort of like 10 13 years onwards but I just can't I haven't got the energy to be sad about that anymore like there was a time where I thought again what a waste of time like can't believe I wasted so much of my youth but essentially what could you really do between the ages of 13 and 18 not a lot so you know I still had a fun childhood I still went on holidays I still chill with my friends but from now moving forwards it's how can we learn from this situation um and if I could redo life probably wouldn't change it probably would do the same things because it's made me so much more empathetic towards people as well um this is a very like long tangent story but I think it all comes back down to just trust the process because there is shit that has happened to you that will shape who you are and you will probably find that you hate yourself for it on occasion but at the end of the day there's a reason that it's happened and if you can use it to your advantage like for me now creating a platform which isn't super popular but I know it gets a good message out and speaking to people who I can see are visibly struggling that that has helped me and I know it helps others um so yeah don't look back in anger as they say (laughs) you just have to you have to be positive about it um and I'm sure that's the same for you with with your eating disorder and everything else that's happened as well honestly you inspire me because you have like you have such a just strong mindset and I just loved what you said there in that you know don't look back in anger because I do genuinely think that every struggle every obstacle every challenge that you have in life will at some point teach you a lesson Mm. or will make you stronger and it will make you more resilient. And mm. you know that saying they say, you know, get knocked down eight times, stand yes. up nine times. Yes. And you've come an incredibly, incredibly long way. So to come out on top and be doing what you're doing now, helping so many people is just an amazing way to turn that experience, that negative experience into your positive. Yeah. thank you and also just like flip the switch like you could let something like that absolutely derail you and yeah it's a hardship and I understand that for me it was a case of you can either cry about it for the rest of your life or you can just continue and they were the only two choices um it did come down to a choice that and and I know that's not that easy for everyone that's not to belittle whatever anyone is going through but for me it came down to I have a resilience and I'm very stubborn even as a child I was very stubborn my mum can testify to that um and I think that small part of me even though something else was like eating away at it was just like no we're bigger than this we're better than this and there is like you know there's more to life than being so obsessed around food and appearance and I think that's why now I, I probably think it's the same for you but why the gym is like such an important part of my life now because especially the one like we go to such a community and everyone is so nice and you know I don't focus on aesthetics obviously it's a nice sort of plus but I go there to test my strength my mental strength you know pushing yourself to do it and yeah I think meeting I don't meeting you as well it's like it's just such like it's so wholesome um and also like connecting people on similar things because yeah nine times out of ten someone has gone through the same sort of thing as you were regardless of whether it's an eating disorder or just anxiety or even just like you know they've been made redundant like there's so many there's so much shit that people go through and connecting on a human level is what brings you out of that horrible little rut um and just talking just literally just talk about it if you're struggling just talk about it because we're in a world now luckily where you can say something and no one's going to shit on you for it the most likely they're just going to send you to a therapist which is probably what you need (laughs) um but yeah so this has been a long road um and I'm I am proud of my heart I'm proud of myself oh she said it she said it she She said said it can we get a round of applause please (laughs) edit now so 
we have talked a lot about imposter syndrome, perfectionism today. I think it'd be quite good to wrap this podcast up with a few tips, pointers for anyone who is maybe struggling with giving themselves the recognition that they deserve and to try and manage those kind of intrusive perfectionist thoughts. Is there any advice that you would give to somebody that is maybe struggling to strike a balance with that at the moment? I would say settle for progress, not perfection. When you submit something or when you finish a task, just close laptop, walk away, do something that distracts you, speak to a friend. Don't worry about the outcome until you have that outcome. Because stressing about the what ifs is really what's holding you back. And if that's you stopping yourself from starting something, just start, just do it. If that's, stop, if that's you stopping yourself from uploading the best next TikTok video and you're like, oh, but what if I get backlash? Just do it. Because if not, someone else will beat you to it. You've just got to go for it. I 100% agree. And it might not be perfect. There mm. might be some fuck ups. There might be a few failures along the way, but keep going mm-hmm. and just go for it. You've got to show up for yourself and give it a shot at the end of the day, because I would rather try and fail than not try at all. And actually failure is part of the process. Yes. It is part of the process. And every time you get knocked down and stand back up, you are becoming even more resilient. You are becoming stronger. Mm. So you have to just remind yourself why you're doing this and that you are so incredibly capable. Yeah, exactly. And you might not get it right the first time. That's okay. Like, no one really does. It's all an experiment. And as soon as you treat it like trial and error and cut yourself some slack, you'll actually start to enjoy that process of learning and growing, of trying something one step forward, two steps back, because each time you are building a repertoire of knowledge and you're getting better at that said area. So just try. No one's asking you to win a Nobel Prize. (laughs) Give it a go. (laughs) I think that's a a brilliant way to to end today's podcast. So Naida, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Where can everyone listening find you on socials? Ooh, so if you like watching people make fun of themselves, TikTok, uh, my handle is Naida Allen X. If you want some inspirational mental health chats, follow Confidently Anxious. And if you want to see any like inspirational writing on freelance life and you're ready to take the plunge, LinkedIn. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me today. I hope that you guys listening have enjoyed and I'll speak to you in the next one.